0: Our guest preacher is Pastor Aaron Swigert. Uh, Not only is he an ordained uh, Baptist minister from Central Florida, he's actually pastored uh, several different uh, churches of different denominations and he currently works as an evangelist for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, but he's also one of my oldest and dearest friends. Uh, Aaron and I went to elementary school together, went to middle school together, we have tons of history together Um, And actually, it's really interesting because neither of us grew up going to church and both of us ended up being ministers. Actually, there's a third friend who's not here this morning and all three of us ended up working in the church even though none of us grew up going to church. This is a miracle of the Lord. And um, I just want to talk about, um, uh, I'm just going to give him a little bit of an extended introduction here. Um, Two amazing things that happened uh, when we were about 19 years old that really helped confirm the faith for me, okay? Uh, One thing was, um, I I was a freshman in college. um, I started taking philosophy courses and I was studying the Bible for the first time. And I remember being really drawn to Jesus. I wanted it to be the case that all religions were the same, but the more that I investigated things and prayed about it, the more I felt like, no, there's something unique about Jesus. I need to figure out how to follow this Jesus. And um, a real barrier for me uh, was that I didn't want to believe in hell. I don't know if that's a barrier for any of you. That's a really It was a really difficult doctrine for me. And I remember my buddy Aaron had just come to know Jesus, and he was staying the night at my house. I was home from college for a night back in central Florida. And, um, and I remember I had this really vivid dream of Judgment Day. <laughs> I don't know another way to put it that night. And and when I met Jesus in my dream, um, I asked him a question about final judgment, and I felt total peace with the answer that he gave me. Um, And then I remember praying to the Lord in my dream and saying, you know, God, what's going on right now? I, I I need guidance from you. And the Lord said to me in my dream three times, it's all in Psalm 73. And uh, so I woke up in the morning, and the dream was a long dream, and I remember I told Aaron, who had just come to faith, uh, I, I told him about the dream, you remember this, right? And, uh, and he's like, and, and now mind you, I'm a young enough Christian at this point, I don't think I knew there were 73 Psalms. <laughs> if, I, if I had ever read it before, I, I, I had no, no recollection of it. And, um, and I told him the dream, and he's like, well, dude, have you, have you looked at Psalm 73 yet? And I was like, no. So then we sat down and opened up Psalm 73, and it's a psalm about God's judgment and about the, the final fate of the righteous and the unrighteous. And at many points, the words in this psalm totally match details of my dream. And we were sitting there with our, with our jaws dropped open. And I remember it was just a very gracious way of the Lord pastoring me through, being a good shepherd for me through... A major doubt that I had. Um, I know that I had a chance to talk to my missional community this week. We were asking, well, did you have any kind of miraculous intervention from the Lord, or do you have any really cool Holy Spirit stories of when you first started following Jesus? And it's amazing how many of them did. We had to cut off the sharing. So that was a, a really powerful, it, it almost felt like I woke up, I looked at Psalm 73, it's like, it's like a fantasy book where you wake up and you're like, was it all a dream? And you're like, I still got the dagger in my pocket. (laughs) It was like that uh, with Psalm 73. So that was a, a real encouragement to my faith at that time. But another miracle that happened was that I watched the Lord transform my buddy Aaron's life and snatch him out of darkness and into his marvelous light. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. When somebody comes to know Jesus, it's a miracle. Behold, there is a new creation. And I can tell you because I knew him before that, and I knew that he had been on a really difficult dark road for several years before that. And I really saw the Lord take him right off of that and transform so many things about his life overnight by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was such a miraculous conversion That it helped me to know this stuff is real. And the Lord can really do this stuff in other people's lives. Things that I've begun to see happen in my life can happen in someone else's life. And ever since then, I've just gotten to see the Lord transform my brother Aaron from one degree of glory to the next. This is the first time that we've had him come uh, preach at this church. I, I did have our other buddy come four or five years ago and speak to us, but um, but he's here with his wife Sarah and his children, and I'm so grateful for him to come and open up the gospel to us. He's going to preach with probably a different style uh, than you're used to, um, but uh, the Lord has really anointed Aaron as an evangelist, and um, I uh, one of the reasons why I asked him to preach on this specific text, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. Don't worry, don't be anxious, don't, don't, chase after, you know, food and clothing, These, this is what the Gentiles do, and your father knows you need him, is for me, and I don't, I don't mean to embarrass him before he comes up, I prayed about it, and I thought, who is somebody who I've seen live this passage? And his is the name that came to my, that came to my mind. It's just, uh, Aaron, I've seen you be somebody who doesn't worry about secondary things and has been seeking first the kingdom now not to date us, but for over 20 years since then. So, um, so praise the Lord for that. Come on up. I'll say a brief prayer for you, and you might want to say your own preacher's prayer in a moment. But, Father in heaven, I thank you for this dear brother and friend. We pray that your Holy Spirit would breathe on him from on high, stir up your gift in him, and speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, would you edify us through this man this morning? Amen.
1: Amen. Uh, this is good for me because usually uh, I'm speaking to teenagers right now, and a lot of them. And so uh, it's nice to be with adults. Um, I've been a pastor for six years and just recently gotten to fellowship. It is on. Yeah, I don't know if it, you got me, Zach. Zach's a man, man, back there. He knows it. Yeah, he knows it. He knows us. He knows us. You'd be lost without Zach back there. Uh, but but uh, but so it's nice to be in this room with you and. Um, I'll uh, just share one story with FCA with you guys recently that just uh, before I get into the sermon, I just felt like this might encourage some of you here today. Um, we had a uh, young girl um, in, our, in seventh grade commit suicide a few weeks back. And um, we're sitting in our FCA meeting, and uh teacher gets this call over the intercom You know, all teachers come to the, you know, come to the gym. All teachers come to the gym. And the teacher looked at us and said, this can't be good, right? Mm -hmm. And so he leaves the room, and we continue our FCA meeting, right? And uh, he comes back into the room with tears in his eyes. And I'm looking at him like, oh, man, this is not going to be a good day. (laughs) And, And he gathers all the students around and says, hey, one of your classmates committed suicide last night. And, uh... Can we just pray uh, that God moves on this campus? And um, one of the students, one of our officers, um, decided to go. You know, as adults, we talk a big game. We come in here on Sunday morning, right? We say we love Jesus. We go outside. We've been taught. There are certain things you don't talk about. One of our officers, I don't know if I would have done, I'm saying this because I don't know if I would have, I don't know if I would have done this. And that bothers me. A little bit. One of our officers decides to go where they're holding counseling sessions. An eighth grader. And he goes, I'm going to go. I'm going to tell people about Jesus. I'm going to pray with my fellow classmates. And it was going so well that the staff asked him to leave because they weren't going to the counselors but going to him. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about this morning. (laughs) I can't even make that. Listen, I've been preaching for a long time. I can't even make that connection right now. What we're talking about this morning, I I think really goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Right? There was a distrust in their souls towards God. You know? Like, will, will God really provide for me what I what I need? Is is somehow, is God somehow holding out on me? Right? And then we fast forward after the fall, we get to Israel, right? Israel's in the wilderness for 40 years, right? Roaming around. God's providing, like, water from rocks. Like, listen, like, the fact that our God can provide is so clear within Scripture, right? And so they're they're, they're going through the wilderness. We want bread. God sends them manna, right? That really means what is it? We don't know, but we're going to eat it, right? (laughs) You ever been invited to somebody's house and they're like, here, have this? You know, and you're like, I don't even know what that is, right? <laughs> We're gonna eat it. It's rude not to eat it, right? God gives you something to eat, you better eat it. Um, so they eat the manna from heaven. They get sick of the bread, right? God gives them quail, right? Like I mean, God is. And then we fast forward even further. Samuel, right, is he's he's a judge over Israel, right? And they, they look at Samuel and and they have gone to a place, right, where everything like. They, they got to a place where they were deciding, hey, we are sufficient enough for ourselves. We don't need God anymore. No, no. So they look at Samuel and say, hey, Samuel, listen, all these other countries and nations and stuff, they got these kings, right? We, we need a king. Samuel goes to God and he goes, God, they're asking for a king. Now what does God say to Samuel? He says, Samuel, man, they're not rejecting you, bro. They're rejecting me. Fast forward a little later, though, and the real king shows up. Right? Then he says something. He says, man does not live on bread alone, for every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let's pray. Father, we, Lord, I'm in in desperate need of you just to say what you want to say. God, I have nothing to offer anyone in this room, but Lord, you have something to say. And God, we have gathered here this morning, Lord God, to hear your word, to listen to you, to hear from you, and so, Lord, would you speak, would you speak to us this morning? We ask it all to your glory, King Jesus. Amen. My, my hope, my prayer is that this morning we leave here with this. You know what I mean? Like, we can say a lot of things. What's crazy is, like, our culture is constantly running to men's voices, we're constantly going, hey, what's this teacher say? Hey, what's that teacher say? Hey, what's this person over here say? Hey, what's, the, what's my favorite news anchor say? Hey, what's, I mean, we're constantly running. We go to TikTok, YouTube. They're literally on YouTube. You can look up sermonettes, you know, or like sermon, they're called sermon jams. Everybody ever look, anybody in there ever look? Thank you, one person. I appreciate you, bro. So like, so yeah, called sermon jams, right? And with, you know, you listen, listen to like quick snippets of sermons, right? When we have His Word, we're so focused on following Moses. When Jesus is like, "I'm, I'm in you," like you can hear from me, not me, Him, right? But you, can, <laughs> but you can hear from you can hear from me. And we go, yeah, but I've read it. Look, I, I. Recently I've gotten I have gotten a super amazing appreciation for God's word, man. I have been clinging to this thing recently because I'm like, listen, all the craziness is going on in our world, all the things are gone, and I look to Jesus and then he says, Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I'm like, God, if you want me to live, I'm living. I believe that the Sermon on the Mount I, that starts in, right, Matthew 5. I believe that the blessings, like blessed are the poor in spirit, for, you know, that the, I think the rest of, this is just me personally, but I think the rest of the Sermon on the Mount are, is based off of those, yeah. right? I got think, but there, there's like this beautiful connection between everything that Jesus is saying, right? Mm-hmm. Even, in the, even in the prayer, and we pray it all the time. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is. Like, you're a part of his kingdom coming. You're a part of his will being done, right? That when we feed someone who's hungry, the kingdom of God has come in that moment. There's no hunger in heaven. There's no thirsty in heaven, right? This was a little bit heavier than I thought it was. I wanted to go move it. And I was like, oh. Um, Anglican's like furniture. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I noticed. I noticed. Uh, uh, but it's pretty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he says, give us this day our daily bread. It's interesting because daily bread means that you, 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 you don't know if you have it tomorrow. But you know you got it today. Right? But we, see, that's, anxiety comes when you're worried about tomorrow. Tomorrow's, tomorrow stuff, you know? And we, we're, our culture's really good at worrying about what's going on next. Right, we suffer from not being in the moment. Right, and we suffer from not trusting God. And I remember, man, listen, I remember it was it was uh, we were going to rent our first apartment, and we had no money because I'm young. We're married, right? My wife and I're married, and we had no money. <laughs> All I had was my tithe, right? And we rent <laughs> we. <laughs> Not that the title done anything, but we wrestled with, like, do we give this or do we hold on to it? Like, you know, because it's all we got. And, like, I'm like, we can't hold up. We need to give it, right? But we were wanting to move into this apartment, like, the next week, and we had no money. So we go to church that week, and I put my offering in the plate, right? And after church, this lady comes up to me. She goes, hey, I've just sold my father's house. And I want you guys to have some of the money. We opened up the envelope, and there was $1,000 in there, which was more than enough to get the place we were going to live, get groceries, do the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I didn't have to spend any of my own money. Amen. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures in on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But instead, sort of yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Later on, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Listen, if Jesus is your treasure, you can't lose it. <laughs> like, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Right, like if, if Jesus is my treasure, I have everything I need. I have all that I need. We don't believe that, man. As soon as things start to hit the fan, we go, somehow I need to worry about this. Somehow my anxiety and my worry will help the situation. It doesn't. We've all been there. And at the end of it, we learned, at the end of it, God shows up, and we, <laughs> and we go, Lord, I should have just listened to you all along, <laughs> right? Like, I should, have just, I should have just trusted and rested in you all along, right? Like, God is constantly teaching us this lesson. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? It's interesting because we tend to think that the life is all about those things. So what do we do then when it doesn't come? Because some of us in this room have been in those situations where we're like, Lord, I'm 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 wrestling, I'm struggling, I'm like, I, I don't know where my next meal is coming from. I'm praying, I'm I'm what like Maybe some of you don't, maybe some of you never had that problem. You've had other problems, because none of us are exempt from them, right? In this world you will have trouble, but take heart for, I've overcome the world, right? Uh, And if he's overcome the world and he's in you, guess who else has overcome the world? Mm -hmm. But what do I do when? What does it really mean to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? What does that really mean? What does it mean to seek, to pursue? We kind of saw that with the little kids thing. After that was over, I was like, I don't need to preach. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's just go home. That was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, That's, that was good enough for me. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I got it, Lord. Yeah, but, but um, what does it mean to seek after the kingdom? Right? Taylor and I wrestled with these thoughts this couple of weeks uh, last few, or last week, at least. And uh, I was like, I think it means this. And Taylor's like, well, I think it means this. I'm like, well, I, I can see that. I think it does kind of mean that, right? But I think it ultimately means this. And he's like, yeah, I don't think it really ultimately means that. I mean, so we, we you know, went back and forth about this as, as pastors do when it comes to verses in the Bible. Um, and and uh, I just said, I agree with you. I just don't ultimately agree with <laughs> you. No, no. So we, le- we left in, in, in agreement, but... But, because uh, his, and I think it's both. in some kind of amazing dichotomy. It's both, right? Like, like um, that, that God, that as we seek after the kingdom of God, right, and his righteousness, that part of that is us living the way in which God has told us to live in this sermon, right? But I also think, Your righteousness needs to surpass that of the Pharisees. Well, how, for them, they're thinking, how do we do that, right? You have to have his righteousness given to you. So seeking his kingdom, his righteousness, ultimately is about seeking Jesus, right, which we saw in that, right? But it's him filling you with his Holy Spirit Giving you the ability to actually live out the life that he's called you to live. Andrew Murray said this. He said, if God gives me what he requires of me, then no requirement can be too great. Mm, That's good, isn't it? That's like, yeah, yeah. That's a tasty morsel right there. I I underlined that sucker and I memorized it because I was like, that's so good, right? Yeah, yeah. If God gives me what he requires of me, no requirement can be too great. But Paul says this. Paul gets to a place where he goes, well, let's, let's go back a little bit in chapter 4. So chapter 4, verse 6, be anxious for nothing. I love the Bible. <laughs> like, I love Paul, because Paul goes, how do you fix anxiousness? You just don't be anxious. <laughs> uh, thanks, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put that on the wall, right? Um, um. Be anxious for nothing. Okay, I'll do that. Right? Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what is Paul saying? He's saying you need to redirect. Because you're focused on you right now. You're focused on everything you can do. You have to realize and I have to realize that I can do nothing. Like, I don't have any power. If God wants to give me what he gives me, that's his, by his grace and his mercy. Some of you sitting in this room may have money. If God, God gave that to you, honor him with it. Some of you don't have money. God has put you in that lot. Not say they can't put you in another one. But you're constantly looking at the guy who got money going. Well, if I just had what he had. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Things would be different. No, they wouldn't. You'd find another thing to worry about. Because that's what we do. Well, I got money, but I don't have this. What are you seeking after? Because every one of you in this room are seeking. Every one of us. What kingdom are you after? Because we can build one. Is your righteousness about you? Are you going, I, I want people to see me and see that I'm good? Like my Christianity is ultimately about me and how people see me and how people view me. Or is your righteousness about him? Where you go, I don't care how people view me. Listen, Jesus was known as a glutton and drunkard by those who didn't know him well. <laughs> what are they going to think about you? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I know what they thought about me. I've heard some of those. As a pastor, you hear—you know—you hear things. You're like, they said that about me. You know. I had a guy one time doubt my salvation. He goes, "I've never seen any fruit to your ministry." Now he didn't even know me. He didn't even know he didn't even know me. And I'm like, "Okay." And he's like, "So I doubt whether you know the Lord." And I just said, "Well, you don't. You don't know me, so I, I, I can't even take what you're saying seriously at all." So. How much time do I got? A few more minutes. Just like, come on. I'm sorry, man. I, you, listen. On, man. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to finish up real quick. I'm going I'm to no, dart. No, no. Right. I'm darting to the finish line. Say so what need, say. <laughs> say what you need to say. All right. Um, <laughs> say what you need to say. So, so um, and then Paul says this. He goes down a little further and he says, whatever is good, whatever is pure so, is noble, whatever is lovely or praiseworthy, right? Think upon such things. Be renewed by the transforming of your mind, right? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Sorry, I got that backward. Look, if you're anxious in this room, the cure for your anxiety is not you thinking more about the fact that you're anxious. But it's about focusing on Jesus. And listen, I know this from personal experience, because there was some time, in my, there were two years of my life where I went through a spout of depression, and I'm sitting there going, "God, I don't know what the heck is going on. I don't know why i I love you, Jesus. Like I'm, I'm sitting there in the moment going, "I'm a, I'm a pastor, Lord. Like I, I I'm I I want to like love follow you. Love. Why am I here? Why am I here? See what happens is, as Christians, we need to be asking God, "Why am I in this moment? Not why i in this moment like, why'd you put me here? But like, what are you trying to teach me? Because there's something you're wanting me to learn about you that I don't know yet, and I'm having to go through this because I don't know it, right? But we go, hey, doctor, feeling a little off. Can you hand me something? When there's a great physician who goes, I have a different kind of medicine for you. I'm not saying that, listen, if you're on something, I'm, this is not to say get off of it. Because um, I, I think that there are times where that's necessary, you know. Um, but I do think we have to ask ourselves, what am I not trusting about God that I'm relying on myself for that's gotten me in this position? Then Paul says this, I have learned to be content. How do you learn something? You know? You can learn it by going through it, right? <laughs> like, so Paul's hungry, and he's going, dang, Lord, I'm hungry, right? And God's going, I'm, I'm sufficient. I'm sufficient for you. I'm sufficient for you, right? He's got plenty. He's like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, right? But he's learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hunger, whether in need or in plenty, right? And he says, and the, the, the thing I learned was that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That we have planted that saying on everything that has no bearing on it at all, right? People are like, I can fly if Jesus wants me to. It's like, uh, yes, <laughs> technically that's true if he really wants you to, but that's not, that's not what that passage is about, amen? It's about I can endure all things, no matter what I'm going through, Christ is enough. He's more than sufficient. That's the reality. And listen, I thought about this passage. I'm like, Lord, are you seriously telling me that if I don't eat, because it's the rule of threes, right? Three minutes without air, three days without water, three weeks without food, or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Uh, is my right there? You're right. Okay, yeah, thank you. Who said that? I appreciate you, bro. So, so yeah, so, so it's the rules of three, right? And so I'm like, but I'm looking at this, I'm going, no, there there is no rules of three. Lord, I will live as long as you want me to live. If I have no breath in my lungs, you can keep me alive. If I have no food, you can. He is the bread of life, He is the living water, He is the one who gives us life. We don't give it to ourselves. Our food doesn't give it to us. Our water doesn't give it to us. The clothes on your back don't give it to you. Your house doesn't give it to you. Your car doesn't give it to you. Your wife doesn't give it to you. Kids don't give it to you. Jesus gives it to you. That's who gives it to you. This might be a little different than what you're used to. You, We have to believe, you and me, We have to believe that Christ is more than sufficient. That he sustains us. That he supplies our every need. And that he's the one who gives us our stability. Not our money. Not our family. Not our friends. But him. And I don't know, maybe some of you here are going, look, I don't know about this whole Jesus thing, right? But I know this. Jesus promised something, and I challenge you to believe it. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls so some of you here, man, you've been seeking for something. You've been looking for something. And the answer is Jesus. At the end of the day, there's one word that's going to remain. It's not going to be your word. It's not going to be my word. It's going to be his word. You can either believe it or reject it. That's up to you.